Now we come to life's bread and coffee. My coffee here. Oh, so yum. Okay, let's get started. Um, we're working on the Emerald Tablet, Alchemy for Personal Transformation. Sort of talking about the mirage um, and what that even means, um, and understanding that we are sort we have this shadow side that we sort of see um, through and with, if you will, like a mirror. Everybody talks about the magical mirror. What is the mirror? Um, and the mirror is really that shadow side of us. It is our people will call it the ideal self as well, where it's looking at this idea that we have of who we want to be, but who's the real you, right? So we're projecting some sort of a mirror outside of us. And when we project the mirror outside of us, it's not really us, but it's who we desire to be. And you know, the, the quote, Hey, Tony, how are you? Hey, cuz actions speak louder than words. Well, that's, that's a big piece of it, right? Because we have this idea in our head, this mirage, this, this, image of who we are but are, is that really what's being projected into the world not so much right all the time like people say well i'm loving i'm kind and then you get them out in the real world with people and then they spit fire at everyone and you're like hmm okay so you have the image that yes you are in fact maybe a good person but how do i project that out to the world how does that actually show up in the world um, and so the mirage is something that we play with, right? It is sort of the mirror, the magical mirror in which we look at. And I recently wrote a piece on the magic mirror and, and what that looks like and how we see the image of who we are and we fall in love with an image. People fall in love with this false image of what they think life is and specifically with relationships, right? This is an easy one to talk about is that people have this fantasy and they've circulated this fantasy of what relationships are in the world and people believe in this fairy tale love that's not real. It's not reality. But they're so in love with this mirage, this image of what it should be, that they will try to play into that no matter at all costs, right? No matter what. And so, oh my God, my true self has been emerging and I hate her. <laughs> hey, Betty, you don't have to hate her. You know what? Love her. That's the thing. It's love her no matter what. Again, alchemy is about accepting every part of ourselves. But the fact that you can be, um, hey, Christina, how are you? The fact that you could be authentic with yourself and say, you know what? This is what's showing up for me. Um, and, and you know, I'm not liking it so much. The fact that you could even say that is is good. It's part of you actually accepting the reality of what is rather than trying to pretend that you're some maybe, I don't know, nice, beautiful, gracious person when really, in fact, you're feeling like you want to punch somebody's face, right? <laughs> I mean, let's just be honest, that happens. So spiritual alchemy doesn't say, oh, no, just be nice to people. No, and it doesn't say, oh, go beat people up. No, what it says is, how do I work with this energy to support myself right into into living my divine purpose how do i take this whatever monster is inside of me or this demon and in fact last night i had this pretty um crazy dream i'm going to put the book down because this dream was pretty pretty crazy i've never had a dream like this but of course uh, my dreams kind of relate to what i'm watching if i'm watching a movie or a series right and there was this 
like demon, right? This, this energy that was trying to get me, right? But typically I don't get, I'm not afraid um, in my dreams, right? Because I've fought off my fear before. I've actually embraced and loved my fear, but this time was different. And what ended up happening is I had this object that was a lion and it was shaped like a lion and this energy came at me. And when I went like this, the lion opened up and it trapped in that energy um, and the, the fear was then imprisoned. Um, or the, I shouldn't say the fear, I'm sorry, not the fear, the um, demon was then imprisoned in this lion's concoction thing. I don't know how to explain it. Um, you know, dreams are not the easiest. Um, hey, the only crazy lady, how are you? GP man, good morning. So looking at the mirage and who we are, this false sense of who we think or what we think the world is and not really think it for what it is. And also seeing that our image and reflections constantly changing. It's not always the same. Our image changes, right? And sometimes we don't like, like you, you're saying, I don't like the image that I'm seeing, right? Instead of embracing that image. See, we're going to see ourselves, see radio projects and look at ourselves at our reflection and be like, what the, is that, what, what am I looking at? That's not even me, but it is. Okay. So it is, <laughs> it is you and it's okay. But the mirage, right, is the reflection or the mirror that we're looking into the illusion that we see ourselves as doesn't necessarily mean it's really who we are. Okay. The lion from the lion, which the wardrobe was supposed to represent Jesus. Oh, well, there you go. Um, dreaming about lions eating demons. Okay. Okay, so Hermes drains. Okay, so we're talking about the correspondence as above, so below. That's what we've been on on the Emerald Tablet. Um, and we went over the revelation of Hermes. And, and so here we go. Hermes uh, strains to apprehend the meaning of the words and wonder how the archetypal form can determine physical reality. But tell me, he asks, whence did the elements of nature come into being? They issued from God's purpose comes the answer, which beheld the uh, beauty, beauteous world and copied it. Okay, so here we go. We're talking about the copy again, the, the false image that we do. The watery substance, the one thing, having received the world, was fashioned into an ordered world, the elements being separated out from it. And from the elements came forth the brood of living creatures, and the one mind that mind of life and light, being male and female, both gave birth to another mind, which was the maker of things. And this made out of elements, seven planets who encompassed their orbits, the world perceived by sense and the administration called destiny. Okay, now this is an origin story. And of course, people have origin stories, um, you know, especially individuals who are Catholic and all this stuff. And what they're saying is doesn't deny anybody's belief system, right? Because typically people will run away from alchemy um, thinking it's a religion. It's not. Now, what it is, it's an understanding of how things came to be by merely observing the unfolding of natural law. We'll say that over and over and over again. And we see that the world was born from or out of this liquid substance, right? now. If we saw this as our own 
ability to see reality for what it is, we can say that we go into the shadows to start to see ourselves a little better. We're taking a trip to the quote-unquote underworld to understand who we are as individuals. But it's a scary place, and again, we don't like the image we see. We reject it, or perhaps we fall in love with it so much that we believe it to be true. Okay. Now, it's really cool because what I've been doing, so for this uh, week in school, right, we've been, our last week, we were reading about narcissists, which is a mythology, came from, and people throw this term out as though um, they just call everybody that, not really understanding the term and where it came from and what it even means. And the greatest thing that I can say is that we narcissists as a child fell in love with his own image, with the image in the in the uh, um, liquid water, the non-reality. It was it was a mirage, so we can say that it's like the Peter Pan effect, and I, I I'd imagine that Peter Pan is probably the Disney's perspective of this character. I don't want to grow up. I don't want to pretend. I, I'm going to live in this fantasy world that's not really true, and I'm not going to look at the shadow. If I, if I look at my shadow and recognize the reality, then, then I'll start to die. And this speaks of life and death because once we start looking at our shadows, we think, oh my God, we're going to die. <laughs> you see, we're going to grow up. If we can look at the image that's so perfectly laid out in the water that's not true and keep it in our minds forever, then maybe it'll always be that way. We cause our own suffering by doing that. The image... The, the false image that we're painting is not true. It's not the true, it's not the true authentic us. It's a, it's a moment in time, basically. We can see it like that. And every moment is fleeting, right? So we're constantly living in the present, constantly living in the present. You see, we're trying to either live in the past or we're trying to race to the future. And the reality is this is the future right here, right now. Where you are right here, right now, is your future you see it can't be anything else because if it was anything else you wouldn't be here right here right now see so this is the present moment pretty pretty crazy interesting stuff right and we want sometimes we reject the fact that we're in this present moment right here right now now we have the ability to shape and mold where we're headed and that is done through what we call intention. There's something a little deeper than intention, but intention is the start of our magical experience, right? How we create intention. And it's funny because that's a key word that's been showing up over and over and over and over and over for me. Something that's circulating in the world. Intention. How do we live with intention? Now, intention aims to stretch us towards something, moving towards something, not staying in the same place, not looking at the mirage, but being uncomfortable with what the reality is. There's power in it. There's, there's no power and no growth if we don't start to actually extend outward. And it's like a rubber band, right? That stretches. Once we stretch it, it doesn't go back to the same size. We don't want that. We want growth. We want to grow want to understand and <laughs> be able to utilize our 
understanding to co-create with the universe, right? Okay, so what if you have the intention but nothing else? Uh, what do you mean, uh, the intention and nothing else? You mean what if you have intention and no intention of anything, just intention itself? But I'm confused. So ask a little, little bit deeper so that I understand what you're talking about, Christina. So in tension, tension is to grow toward or pull or stretch. Well, what are we, what are we stretching toward exactly? What is it that we're aiming for? Well, it depends. You know, we live in this world and we have this beautiful vessel that was given to us. And what is it you're wanting to create in your life? Perhaps it's harmony and peace and, and joy. Well, what does that even look like? Well, we got to accept that there's parts of it that ain't joyful, first of all. And we have to learn how to alchemize that into joy. Transmute it. Transform it. See, so Tony's saying there's pieces of me I don't like. I don't like what I'm seeing in the mirror. It's, it's crazy. Well, yeah, you're not going to like who you see in the mirror sometimes. And then when we work with it, we talk with it, right? I can tell you right now, there are energies that exist within me that I have to have talks with. Like, okay, here we go. Look, I have a vessel. I live in this vessel. In order to survive, I need to understand. We need to work together. And what is your intention? What exactly am I supposed to be learning here? What is the message? They don't teach us to dialogue with the voices in our head, right? You're crazy if you do. You're not crazy, in fact. In fact, you're crazy if you don't. Because now what you're doing is just allowing the energies to just take you on a full ride. And that's okay if that's what you want to do. Go ahead. Let it. See what happens. When we, when we constructed, if we go back into history and we constructed the ideas of gods and goddesses, right? Little Gs, pagans, whatever you want to call them. When they constructed this, they did it for a purpose. They did it for a reason. They did it so that we can understand some of these things and have a place to alchemize um, the energies that were showing up that didn't feel moral. They didn't feel right. There's things inside of us that don't feel right. But if we have no place to understand it and work with the energy, it controls us. Now, I'm not saying we're ever going to control that energy, but we can work with it. See, every energy has a light and a dark in this place. If a, let's say, for instance, if they say you're possessed, okay, and we can say that someone is possessed by something, right? Well, the energy that they're possessed by has a light side as well. It's not just all dark. There's another piece to it. But we never really learn how to work with that. It's like, oh, they're all dark. Throw them in the mental hospital. They don't, they're crazy, right? That's all we say. But back when we, back in the indigenous times and real shamans, right? The, the Ivanki, when we look at Siberia, the actual shamans where they came from, that's what they did. They, they talked with these entities and these energies to help people move through it so that they can understand how to work with this energy and let it move through them so that they can expel it. So that they can then start to live in harmony and peace again. We don't do that. We take on all of that energy as though we're gods. And that's what's happening right now in the world. These people, okay, 
and you know who I'm talking about, the, the leaders of today, think that they're gods. And they're running around, roaming around like they're gods. And they're not. They're human in flesh. And, and there's a big consequence, right, to this. Good morning, Talia. And the consequence is what? Well, it's our death. I mean, literally, that's what it is. We will drive ourselves mad with this stuff. So we have to learn how to work with it. And there's mythology um, that we can turn to. Um, mythologies have really been a very helpful thing, especially for me lately, is to look at the myth that sort of our ancestors created to help us to understand how these energies were moving through us. It gave it a place. It gave it a story. And it sort of kind of gave us a clue as to what was going to happen next. Not necessarily prophesizing, right? But looking at the pattern of a particular energy that we embody. So, Tony, if this energy is embodied in you and it's uncomfortable, maybe it's a new energy that's showing up. Like I have a new energy of anxiety that shows up. and So I'm trying to work with it, not try to get rid of it. We don't get rid of it. This is where some religions and I hate, I'm, I... I'm just going to say it. Some religions try to take the emotional piece out of it, the bad emotions, the negative emotions. We can't do that because there's two sides. We live in a duality. We, our bodies, our vessels, the matter that we live in on the spectrum that we're in right now, where we exist is a duality. So when we, so when we look at the energy that we're embodying, maybe one we don't particularly like, okay? So I don't know how many of you are dealing with this right now, energies that you're like, what the hell is this? I'm not particularly fond of you. And maybe you're trying to get, just say, oh, I want to get rid of you. That's, I'm sorry. That's not how it works. It's, you're not just going to get rid of it. Okay. So what do we do? We work with it. We dialogue with it. We understand it. And then we ask ourselves, where in history was this repeated? It was repeated in, in mythology. In the ancient texts, they tell us. They give us a clue. They did a lot of this ceremony, right? They did ceremonies to overcome some of these very dark energies that we have to deal with here. There is a lot of dark energy we deal with here. A lot of dark matter. And it's trying to pull us in all the time. You see it. Well, we don't just deny it and say, get away from me. <laughs> Most people will, right? Or they'll go running, right? Fight, flight, freeze, right? Because they think they're going to die. They want to survive. But when we're talking about energy, we got to learn how to befriend it and embrace it. That doesn't mean we let it control us and do crazy shit. No, we learn how to work with it so that we can overcome it, so that we can move through it, so we can utilize it for something meaningful in life. Anxiety just passes like nausea. Yeah, exactly. Something new for me. I never had anxiety until about a year ago. And I think everybody's saying, well, it's co the collective consciousness, right? Everybody's experiencing it because of all the stuff that's going on in the world. And I'm like, perhaps I'm feeling that for sure. Yes, it's bad energy repeating. I left it, but it's found me. Okay, it never left you. See, it didn't leave you. It was dormant because you've never really fully dealt with it. So the pattern's repeating itself as a lesson to be learned. Something to work with. Not against, but with. 
okay? So it was there because what happened, so here's what happens. We think that we've left things behind. We think that we've left things dormant. And the reality is, is that we're sort of reconstructing the same scenarios over and over again, subconsciously. We don't even know it. This is the true magic people don't really get. People don't get it until you live outside, right, Tony? You've left, okay? So I left the country and lived outside the country, right? And and people think, well, if I run away, all my everything's going to disappear, okay? This is the greatest lesson you could ever do for yourself and, and to understand that literally you are the one creating all of your bullshit. Like you're going to realize this, I promise you. Go leave everybody who says you're a this, you're a that, you're a that. All these people are crazy blah. Go to an entirely different country and see what happens. You're going to recreate the same shit because it's you creating it. See, subconsciously, you're not dealing with things. Now, I can tell you that when I lived outside the country, right, and I was gone for a year, is that when I was gone, I recreated the same thing. And I was like, oh, man. I had to, there was no other way but for me to take responsibility for it. I could have pretended that I was the victim, right? And like this and that. And I'm like, oh no. You have to be self-aware and you have to be able to take responsibility. That's those are the hardest things, right? If you could do that, you're you're five steps ahead of someone who won't. Because you, what it does then when you do this is you're releasing the energy so that you can move forward. Otherwise, you're going to stay stuck in the same story. In other words, you're going to be like a dog chasing, chasing its tail. You'll never move anywhere. You'll just be repeating the same shit over and over and over and over. Your life will feel like Groundhog Day. And then you'll be like, what the hell? How does this happen again? <laughs> it's your lesson. And sometimes the lessons will show up and there's different ways they play out, but it's your lesson. It's your energy. You're the one who has the vortex for this particular type of scenario. Now, I was the vortex for a really weird scenario. And I think most of my listeners, at least on Facebook, I don't think I've ever told you guys, but they used to steal my car. That was like literally every... I. I've had like my car stolen 10 times in my lifetime. There's people that will go their whole life, never have their car stolen. How in the hell did my car always get stolen? Why was I always the person that their car was stolen, right? Well, I'll tell you why. Because it was part of my pattern. (laughs) And I understood this, right? I was like, oh, this is part of my pattern. Okay, what am I supposed to learn here? How am I supposed to get past this? How am I supposed to change the pattern that's showing up in my life? Right? Why? Why me? What's going on? Right? Well, instead of playing the victim and and saying, oh, poor me, my car. No. I'm like, okay, what is this a lesson in? What am I learning from this? How is this part of my sort of, I want to say my energy DNA. We'll we'll call it that because it would be the easiest way to describe it. It's like you have an energy DNA. And your energy DNA sort of gets expressed, right? Genes get expressed in a specific way. So it's like you have a gene makeup of energy and that energy sort of plays out the same way. It's expressed the same way. Now, can we change the genes in the DNA? Yes, but it's not easy, especially when it comes to the energy DNA. Energy DNA is the hardest thing to work with. 
Love you too, Tony. Contact me if you need support. That energy DNA, and we can we can work to express it differently. And it takes a lot of work though, okay? And it takes us being mindful, mindful and aware and taking responsibility for it. So finally, I broke this curse, right? Because I finally got the lesson. I finally understood it. And then boom, it was gone. So we, but it took years. I mean, this, this, my car getting stolen happened since I was like 15, 14, the first car I ever bought <laughs> all the way up until I want to say three years ago was the last time my car got stolen. Okay. So how did this live? I could have said that, you know, it's bad luck. It's this, it's that. No, it's not. There's, there's a storyline being played out. And when we start to understand these things and we start to look at the myth behind them. Now, here's the cool thing. We don't have to create new stuff. We can, but our ancestors did all that work. There's hidden wisdom everywhere. And they've closed the books to all of that. And what it's done is it's put so much stress on the human body, so much anxiety, so much pressure for us not to be able to use the words to articulate, to express, to describe. Our ancestors did all that work already. We have material to play with. We can mold it and shape it differently. When we look at the hero's journey, now the individuals who are at the top, quote unquote, understand this. They know how to use this. That's why they're writing the script. They're writing the storylines. They're writing the comics. Look at comic books. All of that is just, it's not, there was a, ooh, this new idea. It's not new shit. They're using old stories and they're bringing them to life as this fantasy. When really we are the, the, the characters that they're talking about. We're the ones who are playing out all this stuff. We have it in the imagination. Our imagination holds all this information. When we look at Marvel and all that, they're talking about mythology. They've taken ancient mythology and they've put it into a comic book. You see, nothing new there. There's nothing new under the sun. It feels new. It looks new. We think it's new, but it's not. But what does it do? It gives us an opportunity to describe our life. So I've understood this work for a long time and I've been doing this work my whole life. And I start telling people about my life and they start referencing comic books. Oh, like in the comic, a lot of comic people are like, oh, like this uh, Dungeons and Dragons. And I've never even seen Dungeons and Dragons, but I speak like that. And so they automatically think that I've been in part of these video games and stuff and I haven't. I have not. <laughs> I've just done the work. The work leads you down this journey and it leads you into these ancient origin stories and it leads you into the mythology. And it gives us a space to be able to talk about the imaginary and understand and describe and dialogue so that we can understand our reality that we live in and be able to describe the reality that we live in. So these origin stories are important. Go back to them. What I tell people um, and what I've been sort of supporting people with, um, 
you know, is to tell them to find the myth. If they're going through something that's very, very, very chaotic, very, um, really hard to get through something that's just like, oh my God, I can't get through this. I don't know what's going on is to go back and kind of look at the myth characters that have been there, right? These small gods, now little G's, not the God, right? But these small gods, the way it's been played out and we, we could call it archetypes or the way these energies are inter, inter, um, connected to you and then ask yourself how is this character coming into my world what is it that they're asking me and people will say something possessed me something made me do it right but we have this ability of choice and we can choose to transmute it into something beautiful into something light So asking yourself, how is this storyline played out in my life? What is the mirage? What is real and what is not real? And then we start to create a more authentic version of who we are in the world based on this. So we've got to dig deep. Something I feel like I don't have words. Yeah, the words we don't have the words because sometimes things don't have words i'll go into this one last thing sometimes things don't have words they have symbols see words are just a, a construct of symbols for us to describe the world and sometimes they don't sometimes they're paintings that's why painters paint because they don't really have the words to describe what is happening so they or people do different art forms that art is really a an expression of what the internal world is is trying to come out it's trying to express itself and sometimes there are no words and so we paint or sometimes we write poetry that doesn't make sense to anybody I've read poetry and I'm like I don't get it but it's not for me to get like it can entice something within me but the writer themselves understood what it meant for them you see so it's it's we don't need words sometimes. Sometimes we just need to be, and sometimes symbols show up, sacred geometry, whatever it is. We have mandalas. We have all these things that show up that are part of that storyline. And this is the big conundrum for scientists. You see, science doesn't answer everything. It, it, it'll answer some things, but not everything. especially when it comes to the mind and our imagination and the energies that we embody doesn't really have psychology has a place for that but look at where it's transpersonal psychology the academics think it's too it's it's woo woo it's not academic you can't prove it blah 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 and they'll go on and on and on and i'm like great so we've become objectified to the point where um, our imagination doesn't even matter. It, it doesn't even matter. Throw that out. What do you mean? It's part of who we are. It is the imagination that led you to be a scientist. <laughs> Science wouldn't have existed and chemistry wouldn't have existed without the imagination. So for them to say that is crazy, right? They're the ones who are crazy. They're, they're so, so engaged with looking for results, results, and facts that they've forgotten to tap into the one thing that matters and that's the imagination. 
we pull from that space. And now science is freaking out because they're like, now we can't, now we've gotten so far down the science rabbit hole that quantum physics came up and how they're like, what the hell do we do now? Oh, well, let's go back to uh, the, 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 this, what we're talking about today. Let's go back to that. That's a way to describe it. Yeah. Hello. We've been saying it the whole time and we believe it to be true. How did the ancient people know it? They were interconnected. They didn't throw it away like we did get so far uh, removed from our essence. They were like co-creating with it. <laughs> Okay, so there you have it. So we will continue on. I didn't read very much from from this, but um, we will continue reading on the uh, the Emerald Tablet um, because again, I think it's super foundational um, and supportive. Yeah, we have a bunch of, of different stuff. The, the first matter, the elements from the one thing. We just talk about earth, water, air, fire, all that stuff and how we utilize it. So there you have it. Hopefully this was helpful. <laughs> um, you guys have uh, the most magnificent, magical, marvelous, magnetic, miraculous Monday ever. <laughs> and of course I will see you tomorrow um, and I still will be getting on for the holidays because I just love doing my show so there and I love being with you guys so there so I like that <laughs> just kidding <laughs> alright have a great day and I will be seeing y'all soon bye bye <laughs>